From Labradoodles to Cronuts, the world loves a hybrid. So today, businesses are taking a smarter hybrid cloud approach using the tools, platform, and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. Hey guys, welcome to the show. View from the cheap seats. Squad Brothers here, Rand and Jay. We've got a fantastic show today. So, a gentleman we have have on a guest who is an unbelievable fountain of knowledge when it comes to the NFL. To me, uh, to me, he represents old school New York sports talk radio of the Mike and the Mad Dog era and yeah. style. Knows his shit. Yes, fantastic and 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 just amazing. He was on WFAN in New York for a long time. Huge Giants fan. Uh, and again, does uh, the NFL Blitz on Sirius XM three day, uh, five days a week this time of year, three hours a day, talking about the NFL. He does PGA stuff too. Um, Bruce Murray, he is fantastic. And we did his podcast and his show uh, going along with Bruce Murray. He's just great. He's just a great sports guy and sports mind. And we're going to pick his brain and talk about the NFL and get deep into a bunch of stuff. And then in the quick hit section, talk about Mark Cuban's Twitter spat with uh, Ted Cruz uh, and talk about uh, Kyle Kuzma and, and the greatest petition ever to maybe not get him to have a ring. Unbelievable. And just the simple fact of what do we do with all these people at high school football games, parents and other people and our activists who don't want to wear masks, all that stuff. And then a voicemail from uh, Mark Wahlberg later about Tom Brady and his success in Tampa Bay. And you'll be surprised at why at, at Wahlberg's attitude, or maybe you won't. Uh, but first, we are knee-deep in the baseball playoffs, and, and we go deep on the NFL in this podcast. But I want to talk about baseball at the top because, you know, our Cardinals are out, and that's a bummer. They lost to a San Diego team that they probably should have, that they had a chance to beat but couldn't slam the door in that second game and therefore didn't deserve to, to win that series. I think San Diego's a much more fun team, Yeah, even though the Cardinals are our team. Actually, I think San Diego's a, a more fun team, but I don't think anyone's beating the Dodgers. I just Me don't. either. And, you know, it looks like the Dodgers and the Rays, perhaps the Rays might, might come through. But, I mean, if you get a Dodgers-Houston, I mean, Houston – is one game away from beating Oakland and they could be on a roll with a chip on their shoulder saying we didn't cheat. If you get Dodgers Houston again, a chance for a rematch, that would be incredible for baseball. If you get Dodgers Rays, those in my opinion are the two best teams out there. Dodgers Yankees is like a great, so whatever, if it's San Diego and San Diego moves on, fantastic. If it's the Miami Marlins, that's the best story in all of sports right now. Miami Marlins. Now they lost their first game, but Anything's possible. You never know. The Marlins, the fact that they had COVID for 14 games or whatever and missed all those games and had to, you know, double header it up to get back into it. And Don Mattingly is the coach. Marlins are a team that like their ownership wants them to lose. And despite their ownerships and front office's best efforts, they are winning and they have made it past. They, they beat the Cubs and they're in the second round. So I just think right now, baseball has to look at what they've done with this season, a 60 game season, employing the DH in, in the national league, this playoff system, which three game series at the top of the playoffs, more teams involved, more three game series, five game series, then seven game series, make it exciting. There are so many teams that have hope that are excited about making in. They, I think baseball needs to reevaluate everything and look at next year. If they are able to play a full season and say to themselves, okay, we need to keep and hold on to all the things that we maybe temporarily use runner at second base and extra innings. Start with a runner on second. 
I love, love it. it. I love it. I would say baseball would be fine if it only played 130 games, 120 games, double up this season, making 120 games. Listen, I know that there's money involved and there's TV contracts and you're never going to get people to play less, but maybe shorten spring training, shorten that period of time. In the same vein, if a pitcher warms up in the outfield, he doesn't come back in and throw warm-up pitches. Get right in there and start pitching. You know, we can't be so precious with the game. What we've learned through this period of time is that the changes that were made to baseball don't take away from the heart and soul of the game. The game is still the game. And actually, it's more fun than ever. And it's becoming a game that right now is exciting to watch and fun to watch. I think you keep it, you keep all the changes that you've made and Agreed. take baseball into the next century. And and that is my that is my open letter to baseball. You got you can maintain the tradition of what it is. The bat flipping, I love. I love the bat flipping. Tatis's bat flip was incredible. He threw I, it into this the upper deck basically. I loved it so much. It was so much fun. These things to me make baseball great. And they need to continue. And I'm excited to see what happens as we head down into, again, like I said, a World Series that would include probably the Dodgers and any of those, any, any of three teams in the American League, uh, I think would be fascinating and interesting. And again, Dodgers Houston would be the best because there's your rematch. There's your chance for the Dodgers to say, all right, there's no banging trash cans where we are right now. Throw at everybody's head and just go after people. Altuve is hitting like, 215 without the use of uh of a without of a, knowing which pitches are coming that's right i mean he basically looks like your little brother who you let have an at bat even though you know what's going to happen at this point mm -hmm. that's essentially what where jose altuve the former al mvp is at right now so that is our note to baseball on the other side of this break we're going to get deep into nfl and the season so far with bruce murray you don't want to miss it this is view from the cheap seat stay with us Watched by the sun, deserts and plains, then the creators of land. Hey everybody, it's Elaine Welteroth, and I'm hosting a new podcast called Built to Last by American Express, where we will dive deep into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Our debut season will focus on Black-owned small businesses that need our support now more than ever. In each episode, we feature the story of a Black business trailblazer that has inspired a modern Black-owned business. First up is Pinky Cole of Atlanta's food truck turned restaurant, Saleti Vegan. We'll also chat with Hanifa Muemba, the cutting edge designer behind the Hanifa 3D digital fashion show. Plus, we'll check in with Issa Rae, our modern day Renaissance woman. We hope that it encourages all of our listeners to support these businesses as well as the Black-owned businesses in your own communities. Tune in for these amazing stories and others on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me, switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash Dell EMC. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. We're excited to have this dude on. He is a fountain of knowledge. We've done his show before. 
Um, and I want to get deep into the NFL because I feel like it is, in my opinion, the surprise league that outside of the bubble is surviving right now and, and almost thriving, damn it, dare I say. Uh, Bruce Murray, I, I want to call you Murray Bruce. I want to call you the Lenny Bruce of sports. Um, but thanks for joining us, man. How are you? You can call me anything you'd like. As a matter of fact, quick background. Uh, yes. It's not my real last name. It was actually my grandfather's first name. Oh, yeah, nice. it legally swapped two generations ago. So you want to call me Murray Bruce? It's legitimate. Uh, that is legitimate, Jay. We didn't even know that. Yeah. So, but you have you have really covered the NFL for a long time, and you know doing the NFL blitz on Sirius radio and, and you do your own show on Sirius radio, which you just finished uh, daily show. It's it, you are deep in it. Are you surprised at what you, at what we're seeing sort of like how not coherent, but yeah, we had a little blip with the, you know, with, we had a little blip with the Patriots and whatnot, but did you expect to see more of the, more of that this year? I think I did. Now I, I will tell you that it was tempered by talking with medical experts uh, right. One of whom is a regular on my show, Dr. David Chow, who said, I'm confident things will get underway. I'm yeah. not 100 percent confident things will finish. And I right, think right. we all share in that sentiment because three weeks into the season, we were all throwing bouquets at the NFL, the great job that they did. And then we have Cam Newton and we have the right. Tennessee Titans right. and we have some more positives this week. And what I've said all along is I've gone over the data. I think there's like three hundred and seventy thousand tests. Yeah. And the return positive rate is like 0. 0.00002, which is amazing. You realize it's amazing, but you also realize how fragile the league is because when one of them's Cam Newton, if one of them's Pat Mahomes, yeah. even if it's 0. 0.00001, aren't we at the end of the year going to go, be going, boy, the competitive balance was thrown off because these guys miss football games. I yeah. mean, Cam Newton, Cam Newton has to shop, stop shopping for weird suits. He, he, every <laughs> how time. about hats? Hats and suits. I'm like, are you? I, he looks like a Muppet every single time he does a post game interview. I'm like, are you a Muppet, a 1930s gangster, or did you just buy a chocolate factory? That's what I'm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he fits into all of those categories. And yes, there are certain places you may avoid, and certainly cut down on the options of, of you know showing yourself up with the COVID risk. Well, yeah. the, the truth of the matter is he he is a, an interesting story this year. I, I really do believe that. That was a surprise and a great fit to put him in Bill Belichick's system and see what he can do. And I actually thought he he was fantastic in the first couple of weeks. Listen, he was great. And I I'm, I was skeptical about whether or not this team would be, I don't want to say competitive because I knew they'd be competitive. Right. But everybody was saying they're still the team to beat, even though they've lost Tom Brady, even with right. everybody opting out in the offseason. Right. And I said, you know, I, I used to work with a guy, Rich Gannon, who would always say it's players, not plays. So no yeah. matter how good your scheme is, you better have some players. And then I watched them with most guys you couldn't pick out of a lineup on Monday night. Totally. Basically out scheme the Kansas City Chiefs and throw Pat Mahomes off. I, I throw my arms up and go, they didn't win. But congratulations. He, he's unbelievable. How good is Tony Romo, by the way, in his calling of a game, what he sees? I'm like, you were maybe designed to be an analyst. You're a good quarterback, a really good one in the NFL. <laughs> it was good for the Cowboys. Good for yeah, the Cowboys. It sucks that you had to play for Jerry Jones, but his ability to say, okay, look what New England just did right there in the red zone. They dropped guys back. They made it impossible for the, your receivers to get space. I don't care how much time Mahomes got, but his identification of that to me as a fan, I'm like, wow, this guy's good. 
Yeah, he's great. He's fun to watch. He does it differently than most other guys. So I think, by the way, have that knowledge and that ability. But they they just, you know, I think Tony came in with a different attitude. Like, uh, heck, I'm a quarterback. This is what I see. I'm going to share it with you. And all of a sudden it blows up. And then all of a sudden they give him like $25 million a year. And he goes, I can say whatever I want. Right. Absolutely. But he doesn't talk down to the fan. That's what I like. People, without necessarily making that conscious decision, people listen to podcasts. People want to do deep deep dives into knowledge so they can be like, I know this now. And he's just like, I'm going to give that out during a broadcast. And that's awesome. Yeah, he's almost too happy, though, isn't he? Even on the Corona commercials, (laughs) like when people are calling him and all he's doing is trying to extol them to have a beer and be happy. And he actually seems enthusiastic doing it. I'm actually bothered by the whole thing. You're bothered by him. You need him to be (laughs) a little angrier. Look, so (laughs) all right, so knock some zeros off his contract and I think he'll be a little he'll be more upset. Uh, So the Chiefs start 4-0. I saw a stat and a graphic, which I'm sure you're aware of. They were... I think 4-0 last year, 5-0 the year before, 5-0 the year before. I mean, and they won, and they won, uh, you know, a a Super Bowl. So they're doing something right. I mean, is are we building a dynasty is what I'm saying here. Now, obviously, they have to win more, but, like, they're they're an unbelievable team and have probably the best quarterback in the league. Well, what 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 is a dynasty and how does it start? It starts with that guy throwing the ball. That's right. right. I mean, I, I never forgot. I, I had a great opportunity when I was a lot younger to, to uh, co-host Bill Parcell's show. Yeah. And he once said to me, he goes, you know, the window to win in this league is four years unless you have a quarterback. And yeah. then it's doubled or tripled. Wow. And when you've got a young quarterback that starts in year two, as long as he doesn't get hurt, I would think in today's game, it could be tripled or quadrupled. Yeah. So what they have to do, they had to, you know, build a defense that could complement it. They've not only got a defense that can complement it now, they've got a defense that can win you a football game. It did on Monday night. That's right. And you draft another running back, which, look, I think it could have been anybody back there that could be productive. But, you know, and then you've got Andy Reid, who I love. I absolutely love, love Andy Reid. Love, love. And, you know, you've got a guy that's going to say, much like Bill Belichick, it's not my way. It's let me take advantage of a guy's skill set. Right. And now he's just throwing the football all over the place. Yeah, I think if they keep that group together, the sky's the limit for how many times they could win. Yeah, it's they amazing. just I mean, you you think about receivers from college going late in the first round. Those are the kinds of guys that you don't think about. Like a receiver from, you know, Clemson or a receiver from Alabama, somebody who like, you know, I don't know if Ruggs is going to come off the board super early because everyone up ahead has so many other needs like linemen and, and a quarterback and a running back. So like then all of a sudden a team like the chiefs gets some guy off of Alabama, like Waddle or someone like that. Who's just a burner who year one, year two suddenly. And you're like, Oh no, Pat Mahomes has another weapon right now. Yeah. I love Jason breaking down the draft, by the way, talking about team needs in front of Henry Ruggs. It's brilliant. And it was well analyzed, which is why some of those guys last. But, you know, I also think, look, and Andy Reid and Bill Belichick specifically, they do two things that many other coaches don't do, which makes them successful. They don't talk about what a guy can't do. They say, what does he do well? And let me play to that strength. I mean, Kyle Van Noy in New England was the classic example. Yeah. He was in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Boy, wasn't that good in Detroit, was he? Mm-mm, because no. they put him on the field in the in passing situations where he may not have been great or in this situation where he's great. And then Bill Belichick said, I'm not going to put him in that situation. Let me use him where it works. And then he becomes like a stalwart on their defense. 
Look, it's a skill. Not everybody can do it. Those guys right. do it phenomenally well. It's like a form of eval that that you you're right. It's like going that extra step in evaluating what a player can and can't do. It's interesting because you got coaches like that, and then you got a guy like Bruce Arians who is the ultimate players coach. Right. I, I can't even imagine another coach where players would want to run through a brick wall for this guy because he they love him. Maybe I'll give Pete you one. Carroll. I'll give you one. Pete Carroll. Yeah, Pete, Pete Carroll. Carroll. Pete Carroll. Pete the other yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Not I Bill O'Brien. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, sir. did he, did he get a raw deal or wh- what do you think? Do you, obviously everybody's going to point to the fact that the, it's just hard to be a GM and a coach. You're going to GMs make bad choices and you don't want to get dragged down in that. Like he made a bad choice with Deandre Hopkins and it's coming back to haunt him. Yeah. He, he's made a lot of bad choice personnel wise. It's hard to do both. A lot of tried Mike Holmgren did it in, out in Seattle. Didn't work effectively. Yeah. And I think, listen, there's a lot of people that think he got a raw deal because we always default to it's only four games into the season. It's not fair. Right. But everything I've heard from inside that organization was a lot of the players just didn't like him. Mm. And you'll tolerate that acidic tone when you're winning. And then when you stop winning, heck, good luck. Yeah. And if JJ Watt turns on you, good luck. Forget it. Oh my God. To to watch that, to watch the uh, hard hard knocks. To watch the hard knocks and see how important JJ Watt is and what a superstar he is to the fans, to that town. Yeah, you need him. You need him on your side or else it's not going to happen. Yeah. And, and let me ask both of you guys a question because, you know, as you said, I had you on my podcast. You're huge sports fans. And so it's always fun. been, you know, fans kind of bristle at this notion that you can't let the players run things. Well, that's the right. worst thing. They can't get a coach fired. Right. And I've said, you know what? Sometimes they know what's best. Let's use Michael Jordan as an example. I don't think he was the biggest fan of Doug Collins, was he? No. So so they got Phil Jackson. And how'd that work out for them? And and by the way, controversial move. Doug Collins had taken them to the conference finals. You're one step away. And you say to yourself as a fan base, hey, we're going to grab this dude from Albany or wherever the hell he was. Syracuse. Yeah, the Patroons. So you're going (laughs) to grab this guy up here. What has he done? Well, he played on the Knicks when they won, but he... I mean, what has he done as a coach? He won in Puerto Rico, but who is he? He walks around. He looks like his shirt still has the hanger in it. Yeah. He looks like his shirt. Because it does. Right. And he's just this guy who's fiery, but what has he done? I mean, you know what I'm saying? That the just, there was, that was a very bold basketball. You can, you can argue LeBron has done it multiple times. I I agree with you. Now, have you guys ever had bosses that you said, they don't, we kind of know what's best. We need somebody that fits with what we want to do. T- I'll That's tell you not the right worst now. thing in the world. No, I will tell you right now, when we were doing Cheap Seats, our show on ESPN Classic, you know, after the first season, people upstairs said, hey, I think this show needs a studio audience. And we, and were we like, said, we said, no, no. we said it does not. They're like, it, this is. they're like, it needs more energy. We said, the show, we're telling you right now, the element of the show that people love is it feels like they're hanging out with us. As soon as you add a studio audience, it adds another layer of people who, who distance themselves from you. And they're like, no, 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 it needs energy. Well, we put it out for six episodes and people hated it. And they're like, what'd you do with my favorite show? And so we had to take stacks of emails up to the people upstairs and we're like, Here's thousands of emails and people saying, please stop doing this and go back to the way it was. And we got them to go back the way it was. But that was like a moment where we said they don't right now understand what this show actually is. 
Right. And, and I remember Twitter blew up. People saying the Sklar brothers are power hungry. They want, <laughs> right, that's right. They want everything their way. It that's what happens Twitter. in the world. But sometimes guys know what's best for them. That that's may right. be the case in Houston. I mean, that is, it's interesting. It just has to be that balance. It has to be that marriage. And it's so funny because there was a time in this league, let's say, let's say Lamar Jackson comes in this league, even five or six years ago, there would be a heavy emphasis on, we got to make him a pocket passer. We got to just teach him how to be a pocket passer. I don't want him running around. Now you're like Harbaugh very smartly says, let's tailor our offense. Kind of like what you were saying before to what this guy does best. Why are we, you run him out in the field. That's one less guy on him. Do you take Lamar Jackson to, to beat a safety and juke him out? Yeah, I do every time. So listen, you said five years ago, 25 years ago, somebody would have said, can we make him a running back? Yeah. Receiver. receiver. They they never would have said, let's play to his strengths as a quarterback. He would have been playing another position. I give those guys all the credit in the world. You're right. That and and by the way, why do they win? Because yeah. that's what they do. They say right. this guy's pretty good. You know, I I've worked with. I'm not going to mention names because I, I don't think it reflects well. But front office guys who said I don't see him as a quarterback in this league. Yeah. I mean, you know, they were divided with him coming out just a couple of years ago. Yes. And now he's the MVP at that position. I mean, it's amazing. So it does take a little bit of foresight and a little bit of vision. And you have to let him make his mistakes. You got to let a guy like that fail a little bit. You got to let a guy like that take a shot and have to come out on the sideline. I mean, it's like you have to, it's almost like you are with your kids. We want to protect our kids. I know you have three kids. You want to protect them in every every aspect and every facet of their life. But there's a moment where you're like, you got to fall on your face, kid, because you're going to have to figure out, I won't be there to protect you all the time. And and we need to make these mistakes because guess what? That's a teachable moment and we get better, right. which that's a lot of faith that Harbaugh has in Lamar Jackson to be like, this kid's smart. This yep. kid is, can run the team. I mean, we kind of saw it a little bit with Vince Young before Vince Young like kind of lost his brain. Left his started- phone at an Applebee's. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, and it went pretty quickly, by the way. It yes. went that, fast. That, that one didn't that one didn't last that long. But the, I we're talking about two different levels. I mean, yeah. Lamar Jackson, he's he's just all all in on football. And you know, I love the fact that an MVP, a 14 and 2 record, everything he says says it's just not good enough. Right. That he understands what's being said. He's not patting himself on the back. He understands that it's about that game in January and then that game in February or this year, maybe in March or April. All right. So I'm going to now throw out a theory that I have that's amazing that we've seen in the world of sports in multiple sports. Uh, but certainly just because of the way players train, the way they take care of themselves, the way they diet, there's more longevity because you talked about you have a franchise quarterback who who is kicking ass in the, in the league right now. OK, Aaron Rodgers is 4-0 and playing like Aaron Rodgers makes throws off his back foot that. Baker Mayfield can't f- take three steps into and make those throws that accurately. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is not even about his arm. It's about his field vision. It's about the fact that he can spot the guy who's getting open in that second and just puts it there. So Aaron Rodgers is one 16 year vet. Tom Brady has been around for 20 years doing it. I mean, who is Drew Brees, I guess is having a little bit of a fall off right now, but Phillip Rivers is playing well in, in Indianapolis. Absolutely. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, who's been ben around Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger. These yeah. are all guys. So again, like you said, if you have a franchise quarterback that is of that level, I mean, in those, I just named three guys. I don't know if Philip Rivers makes it in the hall of fame. He probably doesn't because he didn't win the way he did, but 
you're gonna you're gonna look at his numbers and say he's got Marino esque numbers. Yeah, I have a feeling he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Do you really? I, I think one of the great debates we're gonna have, whatever it is, six years, seven years, eight years from now, is yeah, how do you reflect on Eli Manning, whose That's career be- wasn't anywhere close to Philip Rivers, but won two Super Bowls, right? Or Philip Rivers, who did everything that he could and may not have, you know had the right coach or the rest, the right defense, whatnot, and didn't win the Super Bowls. I don't want to say Super Bowls are overrated because, boy, you want to talk about how things will blow up when that's said publicly. Yes. But if you're asking me who had the better career, uh, I'm going to tell you that I think Phillip Rivers had a better career than Eli Manning. So here's my question. You could then go back to the 80s and say, is Phil, I don't know, is Phil Sims in the Hall of Fame? He's not. I would put him in the Hall of Fame. You would you put him in the that? Hall of Fame. I put he him won. in the Hall of Fame, and so he won. So I mean, you'd put him in the Hall of Fame. So you you're putting Eli in the Hall of Fame. His numbers. I I, I don't know tough. that I don't know that I'm putting him in the Hall. Eli Manning to me, and I'm a Giants fan. You guys know right. that. I yeah, yes, I know. I know. I'm a Giants fan, and it, it it hurts to say this out loud. And I'm glad I don't have a vote in that room. Right. And I, the guys that go into that room, boy, they take it seriously. Yes, oh, they yeah. have conversation. I mean, they're nuts about it. Yeah, I think Eli Manning had eight phenomenal games in his career. They came at the right t- the right time. How many yeah. other playoff wins does he have? Not not, not a lot. Many. Not a you lot. Know, you know, and he's he had two phenomenal runs. Yes, that two have great runs. His career, but you know, he finishes up as a five hundred quarterback. He finishes yeah. up with stats that just don't. They're not mind boggling. The one thing that he did do, which I think I undervalue is the consecutive games played because yeah. you guys watch football today. Yes. Pat Mahomes has missed games already. Yep. Sam Donald, Josh yep. Allen. Yeah. These guys can't stay healthy. Maybe we should appreciate it more when you go out and play like Phillip Rivers, 250 games in a row. I don't know that's if I right. respect it enough, but if he gets in, I think that's going to play a big role. I think so too. I mean, but well, that, let's see. I think if he has a tremendous year this year with the Colts, I think that goes a long way towards. Sure. The- I agree with you. His yeah, because you saw, he can do it in a different system and with a different team. I mean, there are so many quarterbacks from that era. We'll call it that era, but fi- who are still playing right now. Philip Rivers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger. I think all those guys are in. Peyton Manning, all those guys are in. They're, yeah. they're, they're, I mean, it was sort of the era of the quarterback. Now, the rules change to make things a little bit easier for offenses. And so and to you're keep gonna- guys upright and on the field for longer. Yeah. But. I mean, you're looking at some of the Peyton and and Brady are two of the best quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, and and still fun to watch. I mean, I, I still I, listen. I'm rooting for Drew Brees. I right. think it'd be nice if he capped off his career. I think we all think that. Unless you don't like the Saints, I don't know if it will happen that way. Right. But it's it's extraordinary to watch these guys every weekend. I, I'm amazed at how so many teams are right now. There's a lot of hope around in cities around the league. Like if you're a Tennessee Titan fan, yeah, you like your team. You like your team, like your chances. Truthfully, if you are a Washington football fan, because that division is so screwed up, you can, I think you can, any team in that league, if you're an (laughs) Eagles fan, you're like, all right, we got a shot. But do you, do you, you know, it's funny because my son is in college. He's of that age where throwing incompletion, you stink. I want a new quarterback. (laughs) So he's a Giants fan. He's already moved on from Daniel Jones. Trust me. He's like, we need a quarterback. He stinks. Right. Um, His college roommate is from Philly. Yeah. He's already moved on from Carson Wentz. So, you know, it's funny to hear out loud, but you know, there is an element of we've got a chance this year, but what's, 
What's the end game here for these teams? I mean, right. Washington has already benched their quarterback. That's right. right. So what happens with that situation down the road? Mm-hmm. You know, you've got you've got situations with the Jets, and already there's conversations. Well, what if they're over 0-16? Do, do you invest in Trevor Lawrence? Yeah. You know, I mean, so- where does Trevor Lawrence go? I mean, a team like to me, a team like Detroit, the tight of the line, the Lions could use Trevor Lawrence. Agreed. You look at Matt Stafford and you're like, all right, he's been decent. He's been around for a long time, but how many more years are you going to go with the guy who's taking you to the middle or to the bottom? So, so here's the question for you guys, because, you know, so much of the business I work in where it's surrounded with that old school mentality of, right. no, no, you got to have patience. You got to do this, et cetera. And I don't necessarily think that way. I was one of the few that said, I love the hiring of John Lynch in San Francisco. Smart guy. Mm-hmm. I know him. Let's give smart guys a chance to make decisions. They have to be in football for 40 years to do it. He played. Look how that's working out. But sometimes when you, when you, you know, pigeonhole yourself into, well, we made this decision, we've got to stick with it. It just sets your organization back. Now let's yeah. think about the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. When they had the first pick in the draft and people said, it's outrageous, they're going to take Kyler Murray. Yeah. I said, here's, the, here's what you have to say to yourself. Ten years down the road, who's the better quarterback going to be, Josh Rosen or Kyler Murray? Mm-hmm. If you think it's Kyler Murray, then have egg on your face and pick Kyler Murray. So I'll throw it back to you. Let's say the Jets have the first pick in the draft. They just drafted Sam Donald a couple of years ago. That's right. Who's better 10 years down the road, Sam Donald or Trevor Lawrence? If you think it's Trevor Lawrence, bite the bullet and say we're taking Trevor Lawrence. I, I think so, too. And I think it's not even biting that bad of a bullet because the the people in New York, New York Jets fans will be like, yeah, this guy couldn't oh. do it for us for three years. Let's yeah, let's get celebrate. the, yeah, they'll, let's they'll get the new kid in. Yeah. I mean, Sam Donald doesn't feel like a rookie. I know he just came in a couple of like two years ago. Right. And so, you know, and you got to look at. You know, the Jets are looking at Buffalo and saying, look what they did up there. They, you know, gambled on this guy a little bit and look what he's able to to, to do for them. And they're 4-0. They look really good. The guy does it with his feet. He does it with his arm. He's a fiery attitude, He, which is essentially, you know, he's like Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence can do it with his feet. They're big guys who can do it with their feet and they can also throw the ball. And they got a cannon arm. Yeah, a big arm. By the way, do you guys have the football package? It seems like you watch a lot of football. So... Don't go. Don't? I don't. I watch Red Zone and and Def and we're both in and we're in fantasy leagues. So it's like the fantasy league. This is really. I think fantasy leagues have changed the way we're aware. Of the rat, the, the casual fan has an awareness for football. Like, Completely. should I know? Should I know the tight end for the for the Dallas Cowboys, the backup tight end Schultz? Should I know this guy? I, I shouldn't know this guy, but I just I just put a waiver. I just put a waiver claim out on him because I had OJ Howard, and OJ Howard's on the IR. And I'm sure the I'm sure the tight end from Green Bay was picked up by 25 guys. Oh, Tanyan Yo, gone. gone. <laughs> Tanyan gone. And it's like, you know, you're watching, you're watching these guys you're like, oh, this guy's playing really well. Oh, let me look at what he just did. And then you want to get the guy. You everyone's a GM. I mean, that's the amazing part about that's no, where I, mean, I remember watching week one. I'll, I'll catch the games that are on TV, a little snippet of this, a little of that. Then I get in the car and I listen on Sirius. I listen to I like hearing local broadcasts of other teams because I like when announcers or homers my neighbor's a huge browns fan so i keep tabs on them just for him couple michigan i follow michigan players where they bounce out into the league like yeah, by the way a lot of michigan guys on the you talked about kansas city's defense a lot of michigan guys on the kansas city defense frank yeah. clark mike dana who just graduated taco charlton you got some good players on that defensive line there for them yeah, yeah but 
Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you you guys are big Michigan fans. Were you a big Jared Bunch fan? Because I can tell you this, Giants fans weren't. Yeah, they weren't. Yeah, Jared Bunch. We <laughs> met Jared Bunch. He he became an actor. He's like an actor. Is He's, that right? He, yeah, he yeah, was. On. He, yeah, because he was acting like a fullback when he was yeah. on the job. Oh, stop! Did he have a better him. acting career than he did a pro football career? He, he was a not. great. He he was a great, great, great fullback for for Michigan right. back back in the day. He was fantastic. Uh, I mean, he wasn't as big of a bust as Ron Dane. I'll say that much. No. He, but do you see that. a lot of fullbacks getting drafted in the first round in the National Football No, League? but I'll tell you this. But I'll tell you the way, like the way Kansas City uses their fullback, the way other, you know, the, the fullback, if you get a, an athletic guy that can run through yeah. people, he is that, they're becoming that safety valve option that you're like, okay, check down. You've just checked everywhere. Instead of throwing it to a guy over the middle, release that fullback out to the side and say, okay, I'm he's going to run over the safety or whoever the linebacker out there is there. And he's going to get you the first down. I think they're becoming more valuable. They're like tight ends, almost H backs. Yeah. San Francisco has one. If they can catch the ball, it's a, it's a different element, but I got to ask you guys a question. And let me just say this. I'm really uncomfortable being asked questions. That's usually, yeah, no, I know you're a great question. I know you're great. I'm flipping this. Uh, Everybody says, do you watch the red zone? And I say, no, because, you know, obviously my job during the week is to talk about the game itself. And I say, when I watch the red zone, I have no idea how the team got into the red zone. That's I just right. know they're about to score. That's was right. it a 14 play drive? Was it an interception return to the 40? And then three plays later. So when you watch the red zone, do you get a feel for the game? You you don't, but I'll go and see. I'll look on my phone and just kind of see the plays leading up to it. I kind of am like, well, how did they get there? Oh, they just threw like a 60-yard pass. And again, a lot of it's stat-driven based on do I have a guy on the team. So if I so I have Amari Cooper. So I'm like, okay, how is – do you do too? Amazing. Big, big week last week. And, big and, week and, until – until I played the week before I played my uh, Gallup and he had like the biggest week ever and the guy beat me, <laughs> but like, the, okay, so let's, let's talk about Dallas for right now. Could Dak yeah. Prescott have a better first couple of games with nothing to show for it? The guy passed it for 500 yards, four touchdowns 400 yards twice. 400 yeah, yards what, twice. What, what more can you ask of this guy to do? <laughs> uh, I know what you could ask him to do. Play defense, uh, play, play Mike linebacker and tackle somebody. Right. Or play safety. So when somebody comes through the middle, their safeties don't play like the the bull rider, you know, the bullfighter Olay. Yeah, and let, and let guys go run by. I mean, as uh, for the position he's playing, I don't know what to say about it. I don't know what Dallas is going to do when when you know the off season comes and now you've got to up the ante. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, these are difficult situations, but he could throw for six thousand yards this year because with that defense, and I feel bad about this, by the way. I'm sure you guys have this in any walk of life, but I'm friends with the defensive coordinator in Dallas. Yeah. Mike Nolan used to be my co-host on NFL radio. That's amazing. 10 years ago, I worked with the guy, went to New Orleans, became the linebacker coach, did a great job. And so you want to rip him, but then you're like, wait a second, I'm rooting for this this guy. guy. He's a right. What do you do? Well, he can't go out there and make the plays for him. So you got to say to yourself, what is it, Mike? Is it scheme? Like you can say it in this way and say like, look, Mike, if if I was talking to him and we were analyzing another person who wasn't Mike Nolan, but the guy who's in there, this is what we talk about. We'd say, are they scheming incorrectly or are the players just not getting the job? Not executing. Sounds to me like the players are not executing in those moments. Okay. see, I'm challenged by that one for this reason, because I know Mike Nolan hasn't forgotten how to coach, and you can look back at his track record. Right. And, you know, sometimes, like like John Spagnolo in, in Kansas City, mm-hmm. you know, 
he's great when he has good personnel, which he has now. And right. when he had bad personnel, he had some of the worst defenses in the league and when he was with the Rams. But Mike is a guy that does want people, people to fit his scheme. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if he has the personnel. And this is one of those, can you think outside yourself and maybe – utilize them to the best. That's not that easy when you've been coaching a certain way all those years. So I don't know if it's the guy's not getting it or him not getting them. I don't know what the answer is. Maybe it's a little bit of both. He might have to bend to that scenario because it's so funny. You brought something up that I thought, man, maybe Dak Prescott is throwing for 500 yards. Yes. He's got the weapons. He's got great receivers and who knew, who knew CD lamb would be as good as he is right now. This already early already, but you say to yourself, he's he's getting so many opportunities because his defense is giving up so many points. He's and got so many possessions per game. Yeah. yeah. So it's like that's not good that he has. And he's got to wing it around because they're playing from behind. They, they'd be much happier with him throwing for 220 yards, Elliott carrying it 26 times for 110, and them killing the clock in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They, they You know, this is not what they had envisioned when they when they set out to start this season. It's so funny, you know, it's because you talk about Dallas, because I know it's not just NFL. I know you watch other sports, too, and you're involved in it. You talk about it, too. The the, the difference between because we'll, we'll talk about it, we'll get into it a little bit later. But the like the Twitter beef that happened between Mark Cuban and uh, Ted Cruz, which is just phenomenal and fast and hilarious. By the way, Cuban himself is everything Mark Cuban does make you laugh. He does, but like, I I think he does a lot of, he's a very honest guy in a lot of ways that I think is like, you, you, you know, whereas as you look at a guy like Jerry Jones, I mean, they both are owners in, in the same city, but they couldn't represent different parts of that city anymore. And you say to yourself about Jerry Jones, a guy who will, who will maybe not cry poor, but will not get pay a guy what he deserves and then spend $16 million on his post hall of fame party right. for one night. And you say to yourself, this guy, he's an old school owner, big time. And he, you know, he's in the hall of fame. So he feels vindicated in a lot of ways, but like, I can't believe they, they preside over teams in the same city. And maybe it's just the sports that they, they preside over, but isn't that crazy that that didn't you want to be invited to jerry jones hall of fame party though no no No, you don't want to be there for that i can't even imagine how terrible that would be i mean (laughs) every player should have been there by the way i was this is how much we love sports and and i don't know if you ever do this go down rabbit holes and stuff i was like i saw a guy in kansas city and i can't remember who what i couldn't remember his name he's a very tall defensive like taco charlton we met and he's probably about six Six, five five six five Yeah. This dude towered over him, and I'm forgetting his name on the defensive line. I want to say he's like 99 on on, and he was really tall. And I and I thought to myself, okay, you know, we grew up in the 70s, 80s, really, but late 70s, 80s. How right. tall was Ed Too Tall Jones? And how tall- in his name, in his name, it suggested that he was too tall. Okay, so, I think it's funny that you went down that rabbit hole because I just talked about him this weekend. No with way. My son. No so did you, not, did you look it up? I'm sure you looked yeah. it up, right? He six was six foot, seven. Six nine. Six, oh, six nine. nine. He was six nine. Six so nine. Here, here's what happened. I think my son said, How come you know they don't get seven foot receivers and you just throw it high in the end zone? And I said, because those guys probably can't run. And immediately right. the conversation is, Well, who's the tallest receiver? And I said, I think the tallest receiver may have been Harold Carmichael. I think that's watching. Six seven, of course. That Harold Carmichael, Wilbert Montgomery, like that. 
that oh, Eagles yeah. team. Right. So we we what we immediately do? We started looking up at the tallest guys at every position, and Darryl then we Carmichael came to- was like what six seven six, six eight, eight six, six eight. eight turned out to be six eight, and then two tall Jones came up. I thought I remembered six seven, but yeah, six nine, six nine, and you're and thinking. So- then I was like, how tall was Harvey Martin? Because I remember Harvey Martin was like another guy on that team. Harvey Martin was 6'5". Yeah. And he was 6'9". That is just an unbelievable deep. To try and pass around that is is amazing. They, they gave quarterbacks a tough time. Then I started looking at the receivers, and I'm like, okay, where did these guys go to college? Preston Pearson, Drew Pearson, Drew Hill, like yeah. all these guys, where were they? And by the way, some of them, one of them went undrafted. I want to say like Drew Pearson was like undrafted. One of the guys went to Illinois, you know, not again, decent schools, but certainly not like they weren't Powerhouse. Alabama, Oklahoma. Right. They weren't these schools. And they he they were unbelievable evaluators of talent because you looked at it and you're like, oh, my God, this guy went to three Pro Bowls. This guy went to five Pro Bowls. This guy was... I mean, they went to the Super Bowls. They went to the Pro Bowls. I, I just thought to myself, their front office, the the Cowboys that they had in the 70s was unbelievable. Well, I, I will say this. And again, you know, I, I almost feel like I'm name dropping, which is not my intent. It's okay. It's, just guy. it's credibility. But, but Gil, Gil Brandt works on NFL radio. So okay. he's our colleague, went into the Hall of Fame last year. Yeah. And it's fascinating to talk about, you know, he he really was the guy that introduced computer scouting to the National Football League. Mm-hmm. But they were the first team that would say, wait a second, I know he played basketball, but damn, he's an athlete. Yeah. Let me take a shot at this guy or mm-hmm. this guy, you know, in the case of Tutol Jones, who was a football player, but also boxed and had a different skill set. They said, let's take a chance on this guy. They, they really thought outside the box when it came to that stuff. And well, you- that's why they were what they were in the 60s and 70s because yep. of. Gil Brandt and those guys in that front office. Yeah, it's I mean, it's, it's amazing when you think about college sports, uh, the, the head coach kind of is the GM in many ways because they make those personnel decisions and who to go after. And obviously we're most tapped in with like Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. And he definitely, yeah. he definitely looks at guys who do two sports. He definitely like a guy like Ronnie Bell. That was a two-star guy, led the team in receiving last year and was a basketball guy. And he came in with that low rating was like with a chip on his shoulder. Cause he's like, I know I can do this, but yeah. I just didn't go at all the camps. I didn't get all that stuff in, but now I'm going to prove it to you. Or, or and- to have like a defensive back or a safety have played outfield in baseball. Because why? Because right. they know, they know how to track look a for a ball, track a ball, turn their back away from it and pick it back up. Like yeah. that's a skill that you pick up in base. That's a drill that you run in baseball. Yeah, but the only difference today is now there are no secrets really anymore. Right. I mean, there are the guys that that may have played small school and somebody evaluates them higher or a basketball player, but that, it's not like those guys aren't on the radar. Now you can go out and pick up 4 million draft guides, which have yeah. yeah. 77,000 players in it, and those guys have turned it into an industry. So, you know, the edge that some of those teams that had forward-thinking had back then, I, I, I actually believe without doing any research at all, I could pick up a draft guide, and go in and conduct a draft and maybe as effective as some other teams that do it with all the research that they do. That's unbelievable. See, they, they miss. Yeah, sure. There's a ton of, of misses that happen out there. So, but you it, know, I'll take a shot on this guy. But to go back to your Kyler Murray point, if you do have that quarterback, if you do have that guy, like it just makes everything so much easier. Let's, let's lastly talk about Joe Burrow because 
I think Joe Burrow has played amazingly well. They don't have a lot to show for it. He just won his first game. Maybe it's better that he plays really well, instills a lot of hope, but the team doesn't win a lot so that they can actually get someone else in there and, and get draft picks that can actually help them out. You know, listen, as you know, nobody ever designs anything to lose. You no. know, remember last year, the Dolphins are going to tank for two. Well, Brian Flores wasn't, you know, trying to lose <laughs> games and they ended up winning five football games. That's and, right. And I understand the sentiment. We think higher draft pick must be the better player. But you also know it doesn't always work out that way. That's nope. right. So, you know, they, look, they're not going to win a lot of games no matter how hard they try, no matter what the results are. What are they going to win? Four games? Maybe. Five games. They're still going to be drafting up near the top. And they're probably going to end up with at least what we think on paper is a good football player. I know right. this. We go to the draft and we love everybody. Oh, what, yeah. a, what a great. I remember. Do you guys remember John Thompson when he used to do the NBA draft? Yes. TNT. Amazing. Yes. You know this. In the NBA, there's like six good players a year. Yeah. They right. get to pick like 52. Oh, what a steal. This guy's the greatest. Yeah. And yeah. they'd be like, John, come on. Somebody's yeah. not going to play at the next level. Oh, He's yeah. got everybody. No, and I mean, well, you think about, but think about the Bengals right now. Think about the weapons and the offensive weapons they have. I mean, I, because I have Joe Burrow, I've been following them and listening to their games, and okay. he's my QB for fantasy. So, you know, T. That's Higgins, your fantasy QB? How many teams yes, in the league? 32? Drew, I had Drew Brees. I had Drew Brees, and then he just was terrible. And I, I went all out on other guys, and I waited on a quarterback, and then I, I ended up having to get with these. But I took Joe Burrow, and he's been outperforming Drew Brees, actually. And what I love about him is I'm like, look, he's got Mixon in the, coming out of the backfield. Not bad. He's got Green. He's got Higgins. There are people like if he had a pretty, you know, dominant tight end or if they got something, you know, another receiver or a speed, just a speed guy like that's he's got weapons. It's not like he's the, the cupboards bare. Like there's a few if you're a Cincinnati Bagels fan, you have to have hope right now. Yeah. Listen, the, the offensive line, which was woeful last year, and they, they brought in uh, Bill Callahan's son. He's done a good job with them. I think yeah. that's that's helping them. But and I don't think A.J. Green will be there next year. Right. But in developing a young quarterback, it's a it's a great asset to have. Uh, listen, I'd be really excited because I know it's only a couple of games into the season, but I always say there's this eyeball test. Yeah. Does the guy look like he can play? Yeah. You know, right. Bill Walsh used to say that you can watch a guy play you know, 12 or 15 games and say, yeah, I, I think he's got it. And I watch him play right now, and I think he's got it. I, I really do. That's so funny coming from Bill Walsh, who to me seemed like a guy who was all about the data. Give me the data. Give me the, the you know, like I, I he to me was like a scientist in a head coach's position. So yeah. for him to actually employ what you just described, which to me feels like old school scouting, like a guy with a cigar and an old uh, Burt Sugar with a thing, looking at a guy is like, how fast is it? I love the length of this guy's legs. He's going to be good. You know what I mean? That old school scouting stuff. That's funny to me. Yeah. Yeah, well, are, are we going to just reference all people who have passed away? Burt Let's Sugar. Burt Sugar. Burt Sugar died. Come on. No, he, he did, did. pass He's away. So right? Healthy. Did, he did know. pass away. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. I, I, there is no human way Burt Sugar is. <laughs> if Burt Sugar is still alive, I want what he's smoking. All right. I, I know that he's not because you know we lived in the same neighborhood for a long time. Did you? And he was always in the same place with yeah. the cigar. And by the way, I've interviewed him before. If you ever interviewed Burt Sugar, he always said this same joke every time. It's funny you go, uh, that's two thirds of a pun, P U. Okay. That's what he would say. That was yeah. his that was his big go-to line. And at some point 
it's hard to laugh when you've heard it nine million times. Uh, I know you laugh because it's not yeah, true. It's bird sugar. Yeah. All right. Well, let's listen. Let's take a break. When we come back, we have three quick stories that happened in the he world. He died of in 2012. Died okay. in 2000. Oh, thank goodness. No, I don't mean. I don't mean that I'm glad, but but thank he goodness. Died, I say he was dead. Let me say this. You he know that he was, only, he was only 36 years old. That's how no, much. No, he no, no. He he died in 2012. He stopped telling the pu joke in 2014. Okay. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Bruce Murray, we're going to talk uh, three things happen in the world of sports so get in get into this twitter beef with mark cuban and, and ted cruz and a couple other stories this is a view from the cheap seats stay with us please don't take her love away from me i'm begging you friend. introducing the new verizon business unlimited plans now you can pick a plan for as low as 30 dollars a month per line with auto pay Get 5G nationwide, plus massive data capacity, plus spam blocking features. And with Verizon Business Unlimited, you can mix and match the right plans for your business so you get more of what you need and none of what you don't. From Verizon, the network businesses rely on. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities on most VZ 5G devices. Monthly per line pricing with 5 plus lines on Biz Unlimited Start. Device payment, smartphone purchase, auto pay and paper free billing required. Terms apply. Support for this podcast comes from WGU. Do you want a more skilled and effective workforce? Do you want to build loyalty and increase employee retention? A partnership with Western Governors University could be exactly what you need. Over 300 organizations nationwide already count on WGU for valuable education benefits that lead to better prepared and more capable workers. With more than 60 accredited bachelor's and master's programs to choose from and shorter credential programs coming soon, WGU has long been a leader in making quality higher education more accessible. Flexible online learning is the key. Students can fit schooling around their existing schedules and even complete courses and degrees sooner than planned. WGU makes earning a respected degree possible with just a computer and an internet connection. Partner with WGU today to make a smart investment in your company's and employees' future. Learn more at wgu.edu partnerships. That's wgu.edu partnerships. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, let's, uh, first of all, tell people how they can follow you and listen to you because we do and it's great. And that's why we have you on right now. Let them know, Bruce. Uh, Sirius XM NFL radio Monday through Friday from noon to three. I also have a podcast. You guys were a guest on it. Loved it. Uh, going long with Bruce Murray and uh, on Twitter, which I'm not terribly active on, but at Bruce Murray NFL, I'm still working my way into the whole social media thing. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. but thank you. Yeah. I love it. Uh, all right, let's let's get into this first story. We have quick hits. Let's do them. Uh, Mark Cuban. So we we touched on this before. I feel like Mark Cuban walks the walk. I don't know how you feel about him. Maybe you're not as uh, as high on him as a guy, but I, I think what he did a few weeks ago by telling Delonte West to stay where he was, tell me where you are, drove down to a gas station himself, didn't send his assistant. I mean, would Jerry Jones do, Jerry Jones wouldn't pick up Delonte West if he was Forget drowning it. in the uh, in like Lake Grapevine and he was on a pontoon boat. Forget it. No, I, I, Mark, Mark Cuban does exactly what you said. He walks the walk. Yep. He talks the talk. I think he's a genuine guy. Yeah. You know, he gets in trouble, as you know, sometimes for being himself. Sure. And I don't always agree with everything he says. Right. But I do appreciate, you know, his honesty. And, and oftentimes I do agree with his yeah. take on things. And by the way, all these guys that own teams are fans. I love the fact that he's a fan. 
right. fan. Okay, he's not a controlled fan. He's not sitting up in the box and you know he, the way all owners do, they react. But he's a genuine fan, and I appreciate his enthusiasm. Totally agree. And so he's agree. got a lot to be excited about with that team. I will say that uh, absolutely. So Ted Cruz said, tweeted out. Thank God Ted Cruz is tweeting. What an awful person. Not surprising, personally speaking, this is the first time in years that I haven't watched a single game in the NBA Finals. Hashtag go woke, go broke. Basically what he's saying is that because they're putting Black Lives Matter uh, phrases on jerseys and on the court, that no one's watching the NBA. I was like, uh, sorry for you. This was like one of the best NBA playoffs I've ever seen. You missed Jamal Murray. You missed Donovan Mitchell. That was one of the greatest opening round thing just because of you couldn't handle the messaging. That's unbelievable to me that you would give up watching what is an what, amazing. Would a, tr- would a true sports fan ever say that? That's my question to you. Would a true sports fan in a time of a virus where you don't have access to sports for months say, you know what? I'm not going to watch because of something that's written on the court. How often do you read the court? when you're watching a good game? Uh, you're not going to like my answer, but I think yes. Because I'm no. surrounded by guys who are telling me that, and I'm, I'm blown away by it too. I'm watching. My son's a huge LeBron guy. I'm rooting for him. Um, but I, I I can tell you that I've come across a lot of guys, real sports guys, that are like, yeah, I'm not watching. And I'm like, it's okay. Un- I, 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 there's no reason to engage in this deep conversation because as you know, you're not going to convince them otherwise. You're right. And I go, okay. You're missing, yeah. Well, yeah, you're whatever. missing a great, you're missing great stuff. I mean, truthfully, yeah. if if the Heat win last night, and they were, they were, in my opinion, Goran Dragic away from winning. This guy who doesn't play, Dragic gets like six or seven buckets a game. Where you're like, how did he do that? How did he just? He slowed down his Euro step to the to the hoop. He went underneath and used it. He's amazing. He's good for 10, 12 points. They win that game. And it's 2-2, and we're talking about going six, seven games here. Let me just say this. I know you want to get to other topics, but I watch the Lakers, and they almost make me uncomfortable because they're really not good. They've got two players, and everybody else can be left wide open and can't, Mm -hmm. like, Kuzma throws. The only time Kuzma makes a shot is when nine guys are guarding him, and then he's wide open, and he hits the side of the backboard. That's right. You know, the rest of the team, they're not not good. I mean, Rondo is pretty awesome. Rondo, I have to say. Take it back. I like Rondo, yeah. Rondo has... Rondo and, and Caldwell Pope had a great stretch in the game last night where he made true, a three. But, but, he, but, but Bruce you know is, what I mean. There yeah, but Bruce is right. Yeah, here's the deal. This is what we said about the team. Miami is a four seed. They, in order for them, and the LA Lakers are a one seed. In order for Miami to beat LA, they have to play so far above their station. A Tyler Hero has to score 37 points. Right. You know, Duncan Robinson's got to get 28 points. You got to have Bam Adebayo has got to score 30 and have 15 rebounds. Well, none of those guys did that last night, and you still lost by six points. I mean, you were close. It's what you said. The Lakers were uncomfortable, yeah. and and they couldn't put them away. You had a chance there. The Lakers would have to fall apart in order for this to to become more of a series. Well, it's because LeBron LeBron is Batman, and AD is a taller, better Batman. He's not right. Robin. Right. So, He's taller. I agree. I agree. They have two Batman. They have two Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so, good. You're always going to solve crime. So with you, two you, they have Batman. Batman. Exactly. They have two Batman. Batman. I'm all. I'm totally. Uh, all right. Take it. Um, all right, so we talked about Kyle Kuzma. I don't know if you saw this. I thought this was hilarious. A bunch of fans tried to create a p- petition on change.org that if the Lakers win, Kyle Kuzma does not get a ring. That was <laughs> That's insane. 
Was that created by my son? Yeah, ah. maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you you made a you just made a strong case for him not to get the ring. I would yeah. take what you said and put that as like a little clip in there because you're right. He does he deserve it? <laughs> I'm throwing I mean, up my arms because there are some. You know, I did a podcast with Joe Thomas. Remember the great offensive tackle? Yeah, and I said, what would you rather be? Would you rather be a Hall of Fame left tackle or a guy that won a Super Bowl ring? And he said, you'd have to tell me how I won the ring because I know a lot of guys that were on the field for five plays, a lot of guys that didn't contribute a damn thing, mm -hmm. and they've got Super Bowl rings. That's... I don't want that ring if that's what it is. And I don't want to say that's what Kuzma's doing because he plays a big role, but don't ask my son about that. He would take well, away the jewelry. He'd be melting Kyle it down Kuzma, and selling it. Kyle Kuzma, to me, is Lonzo Ball without a crazy dad. He's like... <laughs> all right, you're here and sometimes you make a move and sometimes you take it to the rack and sometimes you hit a three, but you're not reliable. You're and not. By the way, he was supposed to be the number three. He was the number three guy. When you start to look I, at number team, three, right? He was the number three guy. I mean, again, if you're looking at like Brooklyn next year with Durant and Kyrie Irving and Karis LeVert, he was going to be Karis LeVert on this team. And it, you know what I mean? And, and it just did not fall. So like the expectations were high and he just couldn't come through. I mean, totally. look, even on the Clippers, Paul George was supposed to be the number two guy and he was a gigantic bust. Yeah. And so, I mean, look, it happens. You know, you don't know who's going to emerge in the bubble as those players. No one could have predicted Jamal Murray was going to do what he did in the bubble. The dude was unbelievable. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell, too, is like a little bit more you could expect it because he had that unbelievable rookie year. I think the NBA is in great hands. I really do. I think, again, there are so many teams that, that you have genuine excitement about moving forward. And don't knock it. Don't forget Golden State next year when they get everybody back and healthy. No, I won't. Uh, will that be normal? They won't be playing in a bubble anymore, will they? I hope not. Please I mean, it depends. Me no. depends. It all depends on who wins in November. Huh? Depends, depends on who wins in November. Wins. All right, last story, Jay. Last story. Uh, we'll stay on this topic. Anti-maskers, they need to get out. Randy and I made a, made a proposal, Hotspot Island. If you don't want to wear a mask and you don't and you want to cough in people's faces just richard branson should do this for america for for the world buy an island call it hotspot island it's like the fire fest all year you don't have to wear a mask down there you can party all you want go to outdoor bar swim up bars hang out it's a one-way ticket down there so you can't come back and infect anybody no hospitals because hospitals are for wussies you go down there and you be a tough guy down there and a tough woman down there and nothing you everything's a hoax you go down there and have fun hotspot island uh, aren't there places like that in this country already? Yeah, I mean, yes, uh, Ta I, Tallahassee, I, Pensacola, you know, Idaho. You know, you know what's funny? I, I have a son who's going to be on my payroll for a long time because he's an aspiring author. Uh -oh, and he's great. writing a book that's in this utopian world where you're allowed to commit crimes, but you go to an island or a place where everybody is guilty of the same crime. You want to commit murder? You go, yeah. and now you have to watch your back everywhere you go. That's right. That's a good. That's a good idea for a book. Yeah, I mean, it's not now. I don't know if we'll be able to write an ending. What do we say about good books? They have to have a good ending. But right. so he's working on this, and I'm thinking that's what you've just had. You want to do it? Here's where you can go. Enjoy it. I'm going to go someplace else with my mask. That's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. but, so it's bad. I it, by the way, I think Bruce, I think you just described Australia, but I could be wrong. Anyway, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> no, maybe I, I didn't say it was an original book. I just uh, said it. <laughs> uh, it's the history of a nation. He said right. he was going to be on the payroll a long time. Yeah, right. he will be. Yes. So, so a guy in Idaho 
goes to a high school football game, this guy who's a quote unquote activist for the anti-masker thing, mm-hmm. goes to a high school football game. Everyone tells him you got to get out of here. If you know unless- who it is, it's Eamon Bundy from the Clive and Bundy who did the, isn't that who it was, Jay? Yes. Who, like, who, you know, fought the government for his land in Oregon and all that stuff. I remember, stuff. yeah. Wasn't there a big the, standoff? And yeah, there was a huge thing? standoff yeah. with the government. It was like an armed standoff. So he shows up at this high school football game. I mean, look, you know how hard and how much work it has been to get these kids who have worked really hard to play, to even have a season. Everything has to go right. You know, you look at the stands of the SMU game and all those kids down there. Yeah, police, get out there and clear these things. It, what they're doing is wrong. You got to clear this, clear that area because we can't have any mistakes right now. We just can't. Well, and, and I think about these kids, you know, I don't know how many kids are on track or two-star, three-star, four-star who are trying to get into a good school, trying to get recruited. This season means a lot to people right now. It's how you build your tape. This freaking guy won't leave and they have to cancel the game at halftime. If I'm on the defensive line or if I'm a linebacker, I'm finding this dude and I'm hitting him, I'm spearing him, I'm targeting him. I want a targeted head. I want to go right back. How about a parent? Yeah. One of these kids. Yeah. I mean, these are your kids. They've worked so hard to have this guy take his thing that really could shut it down. And by the way, the school did the right thing. If this guy's not, you have to follow that protocol. Right. right. You you can't say he's screwing up, but let's ignore it and let them go out and play. You have to follow the protocol. So that's right. He becomes grounds. Uh, listen, uh, boy, if I had simple answers to all these questions, you know, you and I, we could be president, could and vice it. president, and part of the cabinet. But nobody's electing us. I know. Why not? Well, Shouldn't they? Yeah, but them? but the truth is, there are simple answers. It's that people don't. The the simple answer is: Look, this is hard. No one wants to hear that things are hard. Nobody wants to hear that. Hey, you know what? If you want to lose twenty pounds, you can't have a piece of cake every twenty minutes. Nobody wants to hear. Hey, if you want to uh, have enough money to buy your house, you can't go spend a ton of money on a stupid car. No one wants to hear that you have to make the sacrifice to get the thing that you want to do right. Everyone wants to hear hey you can go eat whatever you want drink whatever you want have no consequences no one wants to hear that all right the simple answer is all right make a sacrifice so that uh, you know eight months from now we're all back in our lives again yeah again we're big 10 fans and and i i'm so excited that we're gonna play football not because president trump but because the testing has gotten to a place where you can isolate people who are you don't have to, to isolate a whole you can isolate people same on a day team. testing contactors that's right and contact tracing so like we've now advanced to a place we didn't have that information in right. august you now have that information in september you can have this season i'm telling you i'm excited and the way i'm hearing the way teams are approaching is they're trying to approach it the right way it's not like your regular college experience. Kids aren't going to classes. They're not going to parties. It sucks. It sucks yeah. for them. But how excited are, are we going to be to watch Michigan, Minnesota on October 24th and watch these kids play the game they want to play? It's going to be great. Yeah. Well, listen, you can see the football helmet behind me. I'm not a Big Ten guy. I'm a Tulane guy. Sean King. Tulane Houston Thursday night. So, you know, I, got, you go. I, got, I got my date with destiny. There you go. There green you wave, go. baby. Let the green wave take us Willie, all the way. Willie Fritz all the way. Okay. okay. Here's, what, here's what I'm saying. Green wave this uh, Thursday. Blue yeah. wave November 3rd. Uh, Bruce Murray, thank you so much for joining us. We'll listen to you as we do just to get our NFL fix. Uh, this is daily. On the on the West Coast, it's um, 9 to noon, but you're 12 to 3 on the East yeah. Coast. Uh, the NFL on uh, NFL Blitz on Sirius XM. Yeah. 
Yeah. Fantastic. Let me, let, let me just say this. Um, you guys have a million connections. I, I, I so truthfully enjoyed this because like I said, I'm usually on the other end yeah. asking the questions. So when you run out, when you get back down to the D list, I asked Dean Blandino if I could be on his podcast. He goes, I've got to get through the A listers, the B listers and the C listers, and then I'll get to you. So if you get through all the A, B, C's and D's and you need to circle back, I'm here for you guys. Yeah, we'll have you back on. I mean, this is what we realized our podcast is about. It's about people we like. It's about it's either we have comedians on who love sports as much as we do and we we cut it up or it's about people who have tremendous knowledge specifically about one sport. We had Tony Luffman on. I don't Which know if you've ever am I in? I, NFL I, baby. We got so deep in it. It was great. I, I, don't, think, I don't think I qualify. No, uh, you, you do. <laughs> you more than qualify. But we had Tony Luffman on and talked deep about the NHL and Jay Onright, same thing. And it's like to right. us, this is this is what this podcast brings us joy because we get to dig deep into this stuff. And so we appreciate you. Uh, we'll keep following you, and uh, we'll have you back on for sure. Great, anytime, guys. All right, thanks so much. We'll take a break when we come back. Uh, got a great voicemail. Uh, that you you don't want to miss about the NFL and literally about uh, Tom Brady in uh, Tampa Bay. We'll be right back. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Bruce Murray. Awesome. Just a constant, consummate pro, great voice, great, knows his stuff. And uh, that was just a really fun, cool discussion. I love it. And we'll have him on talk football whenever we need to. The guy knows his stuff. And it, again, he, you bounce stuff off the wall with him and you know you're bouncing it off an expert there because he lives it and breathes it five days a week, three hours a day. Uh, and I think the NFL season has been surprisingly smooth thus far and really enjoyable to watch. Um, okay. Speaking of, we got a voicemail from uh, the great Mark Wahlberg, who occasionally leaves us voicemails from time to time. And I'm curious. I was curious, Jay. I'm sure you were, too. Yeah. Is he still a fan of Tom Brady, even though Tom Brady and Gronk defected down to Tampa Bay? Well, <laughs> he definitely tells us what he thinks about it in this voicemail. Take a listen. What's up, guys? How you doing? It's me, Mark Wahlberg. But you know what? You already knew that. You knew it before I even called, but you didn't actually know it. You just hoped for it. It was a wish you made. And now, it came true. So, congratulations. But enough about you guys and how great I'm making your day. I'm pissed off right now. I'm so upset right now because here's the deal, okay? I told Tom, I said, listen to me, Brady. If you ever leave this team, it's not going to go well for you. And then he tried to show me up by not only leaving, he went down to Florida. Nothing good happens down there unless I'm there. Then it's something good. But literally, everything else that goes on down there, I'm going to admit it. It's scary. And Tom goes down there, and he tell you what, that first game didn't look good. And I was like, not, I don't want to say I was happy, but like everything else in my life, I felt right. And now he's doing, he's doing good. He's throwing all these touchdown passes, and he looks like the old Tom Brady that I'm going to be honest with you. In my heart of hearts, I knew he'd be for the rest of his life. And you know how long he's going to live? Forever. Forever. That's right. I'll say it Sandlot style, because I mean it that much. And now he's down there doing good. So guess what? I'm not currently on speaking terms with him right now, so I don't know how you guys can get this to him. I bet you probably met him. You guys are all Michigan people, which means I don't want to get into how I personally feel about that. I, I, that's that's pre-patriot. I don't, I don't, I don't care about somebody pre-patriot. Okay, so I'm not gonna get into it right now. But I have my own feelings on Ann, Har Ann Arbor and what I think of her. Anyway. Tell Tom, I don't care how you get this to him, 
that if he goes down there and then he ends up going to the Super Bowl and he's the first quarterback to lead his team to the Super Bowl in which the same city that the Super Bowl is happening in their stadium, like Raymond James Stadium, it's going to be called Raymond Lame Stadium. And I don't even know if that's the real name of it, but I don't care because that joke was perfect. All right? That if he goes down there, I'm putting on the Papalis and I'm going to walk onto that field and I'm going to suit up on defense for whoever plays against him. Yeah. And in my heart of hearts, you know who that team is? The Patriots. And then I'm going to go, and I'm going to sack him. And it's going to hurt me more than it hurts him, which is insane. Because you know how hard it would hurt for me to get like to sack somebody? You know what that would feel like for them? But I'm going to do it. And I'm going to make sure that he doesn't win. And I'm going to win. Because he won't. And even if he does win, I'm still going to win. Because I always knew Tom Brady had it in him. I gotta go. I don't want to get emotional. Pass that along. I'm pissed. You know, if anybody can pull that off, it's Wahlberg. Uh, it doesn't have Wahlberg. He doesn't just have final cut. He has, like, final say as to where the movies go. Yeah. Uh, that is Wahlberg, and that is us, and that is a show, guys. Hey, we do a... We're going to do a live Dumb People Town. We're selling tickets. We've already sold... Uh, 300 tickets for this thing um all the vips for the post show are sold out uh so we just have uh pre-show uh meet and greets are left you go to eventbrite.com look up live dumb people town get your tickets november 7th john ham and the band tennis you know what november 3rd is so november 7th you're gonna need it either we don't know what's going on and you're gonna be crazy and you're gonna need to laugh or you're gonna be pissed off and you're gonna need to laugh or, or you want to celebrate. Or you want to celebrate. Either way, we've got you covered. November 7th, 6.30 p.m. Uh, West Coast time, 9.30 Eastern. John Hamm is the guest, uh, the great John Hamm, who has been amazing on that podcast, and the band Tennis, who we've never had on, who are close friends from Denver. They're amazing. So get your tickets for that. And uh, we do a daily podcast called Scalabro Country, the Virus Edition. Check it out. It's really fun. Subscribe to that. Rate and review it. And uh, we'll see you next week on this show, guys. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the sports you watch. So I'll have to let him go We sometimes fit But we always lie And he thinks we could Star Bands Audio A podcast network